This is Nursing Australia, proudly brought to you by APNA, the Australian Primary Healthcare Nurses Association. Hello and welcome to Nursing Australia. I'm Suzanne Blackaby. Well, we've nearly made it to the end of 2020. It's something that many of us have been waiting for and to put a close to this overwhelming and tragic and confusing year. To all the primary healthcare nurses out there, on behalf of your support team, the hardworking team here at APNA, we want to say thank you to you for your dedication and resilience this year. In this, our final episode for 2020, we hear your experiences from this year. COVID-19 rapidly changed our sense of normality. Our team, including my APNA transition nurse, established our Rapid Thigh Movements Walking Group for Mental Health. We speak to Professor Michael Kidd from the Australian Department of Health and discuss the COVID vaccine rollout and the important role that primary healthcare nurses will play in 2021. So a core element of the Australian government's COVID-19 primary care response has been recognising the importance of protecting all healthcare workers. We hear from a student nurse that is currently doing a placement in general practice. The placement office called me and said, look, we have this opportunity that's come up with APNA. They told me a little bit about you guys and I was like, sign me up. And we end the year on a bit of a lighter note. On the 12th day of Christmas 2020, day to me. But first, the news. In this bulletin, COVID jabs have begun. Melbourne emerges from its lockdown. 15,000 new nurses and midwives graduate. ANMF voices concern over retirement policies and a record turnout for the Abner Workforce Survey. This is Nursing Australia News. Hi, this is Maria Petrakis. As the year draws to a close, the news is all about COVID vaccines. A 90-year-old UK woman became the first person in the world to be given the Pfizer COVID-19 injection as part of a mass vaccination program. Vaccines are being rolled out around the world in the US, Canada and other countries. Australia has an agreement for 10 million Pfizer doses with an option to buy more as needed. Health officials here are working towards a regulatory approval date in late January. About 1.9 million doses of the Oxford University AstraZeneca vaccine will arrive in Australia in January and another 1.9 million doses will arrive the next month. CSL, meantime, will be developing a further 50 million doses at its Broadmeadows Melbourne facility. Australia's response to the COVID pandemic has been a spectacular success. Public health measures have significantly reduced the impact of the disease. The coronavirus picture is starkly different in the Northern Hemisphere, where lockdowns and restrictions are the norm to contain a galloping second wave of the virus. The World Health Organization said in late November that one European every 17 seconds was dying from COVID-19. Australia has all but stamped out the coronavirus through strict quarantine measures, particularly in Victoria. And in early December, Victoria eased the restrictions after more than a month without any new infections. Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt has congratulated the class of 2020 for showing resilience and adaptability in completing their studies and placements this year. The minister said the 15,000 new nurses and midwives joined a contingent of health professionals Australians hold in the highest regard. They face some of the most difficult circumstances in living memory, struggling with COVID-19 pandemic lockdowns and other obstacles. APNA has also been part of this effort with more than 400 nursing students getting practical exposure to primary healthcare thanks to APNA's new placements program. 
APNA Monash University and Victorian General Practices have worked together to ensure the students can get the necessary placement hours they need to graduate. The Australian Nursing and Midwifery Federation ANMF has joined other unions in health and community services, local government, retail and fast food to voice concern about the Retirement Income Review, a report on what retirement will look like for today's workforce. The ANMF expressed its concern government responses would adversely affect women and that to prevent women retiring into poverty, the government must fix the gender pay gap. And that includes ensuring super is paid on every dollar earned and increasing super guarantee to 12% union sector. A record number of nurses have responded to the APNA Workforce Survey, a national poll aiming to give primary healthcare nurses a say in the future of health reform. The 2020 survey was launched in November and opened to nurses working in general practice, aged care, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health, plus every other non-hospital community setting. As of mid-December, more than 4,500 nurses across Australia had participated in the survey, which aims to paint a comprehensive picture of the working conditions and concerns of primary healthcare nurses. And just in time for the festive season, the National Health and Medical Research Council has issued new guidelines on the number of drinks it's safe to have in a day, the first revision in 10 years. The Council has spent the last few years reviewing the 2009 guidelines, speaking with a wide range of health and medical professionals. The new advice is that adults shouldn't be drinking more than 10 standard drinks in a day and no more than four standard drinks on any one day. Anything more than that, and there's greater risk of alcohol-related diseases and injuries, including accidents caused by drunk driving, fights, and chronic illness. And on that note, have a happy and safe New Year. Nurses this year have done some amazing things, keeping people alive and safe in some really hard conditions. Some nurses have not been put off by all the change and disruption that they've faced and have continued to push the boundaries and grow their scope of practice to better help their patients and their communities. Rebecca, Nadine and Shelley are great examples of this. Here's a snapshot of their 2020. Hi, I'm Rebecca Darwin, practice nurse at Teasdale Family Medical Centre. COVID-19 in 2020 sadly negatively impacted our ability to have one-on-one contact with patients. Very uncomfortable wearing masks. However, on a positive note, telehealth has saved a lot of time for patients. They have had less travel and waiting time. Hi, my name's Nadine Hanari and I'm a nurse practitioner in immunisation. In May this year, due to the pandemic, I started an in-home immunisation service, offering families the opportunity to have their scheduled immunisations in the comfort of their own home. Recently, I've also been... Uh, made an NDIS provider. Um, So now I'm able to offer even further services to the population. The feedback so far has been fantastic and I'm looking forward to the year ahead. Hi, my name's Shelley Cuff. I work as a practice nurse in St George, far southwest Queensland. COVID-19 rapidly changed our sense of normality. Our team, including my APNA transition nurse, established our Rapid Thigh Movements Walking Group for Mental Health. Our main focus was to encourage the community to walk with us in solidarity for those experiencing mental health issues, as well as supporting loved ones. This initiative was well received with our genuine interest in community members' wellbeing being very appreciated. Our efforts also raised over $3,000 in support of the Black Dog Institute. APNA's Nurse Support Line provides primary healthcare nurses with access to timely, relevant and accurate advice, resources and referrals. If you need support, please call 1300 
303-184. Next year is going to bring us nurses the next challenge, the COVID vaccine rollout, a national cross-population immunisation program that's never been done before in Australia. Professor Michael Kidd is the Deputy Chief Medical Officer and Principal Medical Advisor for the Department of Health and Professor of Primary Care Health Reform at the Australian National University. He's a world-leading authority in primary health care and he's worked in senior leadership positions in Australia and around the world, including the World Health Organisation. His vast experience of national and global health systems. Today we have Professor Michael Kidd. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about Australia's COVID vaccine rollout. Thank you. It's great to be here. What does 2021 look like for primary health care nurses and immunising the nation? Well, I think firstly, we've got to look at the past year and what 2020 has looked like, which of course has been an extraordinary year for us all and a time of great challenge and a time of very significant change uh, as we've adapted uh, our ways of delivering healthcare to many of our patients during the lockdown. Uh, We hope that uh, we won't get further serious outbreaks of COVID-19 going into 2021, but that risk is always uh, there. But uh, also, of course, we have the excitement around the uh, potential uh, game changer with the COVID-19 vaccine or vaccines. And already just over the last week, we've seen the vaccine start to roll out in uh, the United Kingdom. And, uh, and we'll, we expect to see progressive uh, rollout in other countries under emergency measures. Uh, in Australia, though, we're hoping that uh, the first doses of vaccine will become available uh, probably uh, towards the end of the first quarter of 2021. This will obviously have implications for those working in nursing, as it does for people across the health sector. One of the target populations um, for Australia's rollout plan is older Australians, and a lot of our older Australians are in residential aged care facilities. Does the government have a plan on of what it would look like for the vaccine to be given in those settings? Up to now, it can be a little bit ad hoc. Sometimes general practitioners will go in and, and immunise patients in residential aged care facilities. Sometimes they'll have nurse immunisers who are there and can do that. Uh, There doesn't seem to be a standardised way for that to happen. What will the COVID vaccine rollout look like for our oldest and most vulnerable Australians? So again, the plans are still being developed and being developed in consultation with the states and territories. Uh, You're exactly right. There are three main uh, priority populations for the vaccine. Uh, There's those at risk of exposure to COVID-19. This of course includes healthcare workers, aged care workers, disability support workers, and may also include people working in the hotel quarantine system. The second group is those at risk of serious uh, disease or uh, or at risk of dying if they contract uh, the coronavirus. And this of course includes uh, elderly, Uh, people uh, in Australia, which includes the residents of aged care facilities, but also elderly people who are still living in their own homes, also includes Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people uh, and people with certain chronic diseases. And then the third group uh, of people is those working in essential services. So if we did get another serious outbreak, uh, the people who Uh, provide the essential services which support and protect uh, the people of Australia. Uh, Again, the rollout of the vaccine into aged care will 
depend on which uh, vaccines have been uh, approved by the TGA as being safe and effective in elderly people. Uh, and then the, uh, the provisions will need to be made. What we saw this year uh, for the first time uh, with the rollout of the seasonal influenza vaccine was that the primary health networks were involved in working with every single aged care facility to make sure that uh, either the local general practices the GPs or the practice nurses uh, who were uh, providing services to each facility uh, had already been engaged to make sure that uh, every resident and every worker uh, received the influenza vaccine. And if they hadn't, then to work with uh, local general practices uh, to make sure that every aged care facility was covered. So we have experience in making sure that we get universal immunisation of the residents of aged care facilities that worked very well during this year's influenza uh, immunisation uh, period uh, remains to be seen exactly what measures we use for the COVID-19 vaccines. When we're talking about uh, immunising and prioritising our health workers and our frontline workers, how does this look for nurses in the primary care space? Will there be a process um, when they work outside of the hospital system for them to access the vaccine early? given that they are at the front line of general practice and COVID vaccine testing centres? So a core element of the Australian government's COVID-19 primary care response has been recognising the importance of protecting all healthcare workers during this pandemic, not just those who are working in hospitals or emergency departments, but all healthcare workers, which includes people working in general practice, community nurses, people working in allied health, people working in community pharmacy as well. So as the vaccines roll out uh, in uh, each of the states and territories, uh, we expect there'll be provision for all healthcare workers and indeed also aged care workers and disability support workers, uh, because we're all working with people who are at increased risk if infected with COVID-19 and many of us are working in settings where we ourselves are at increased risk of coming in contact with COVID-19 if we have outbreaks of community transmission. There's been some recent data collection on the nurse immuniser workforce that we have available in Australia and here at APNA we've been fielding lots of calls and inquiries around the authorised nurse immuniser qualification where it's valid, depending on where you were trained, what jurisdictional crossover we have around the nurse immuniser uh, authorisation course and approvals. Is it time for an, a, a national approach to this, an overhaul of that qualification for nurses that allows nurses to independently immunise? Well, I'll leave that question to Australia's Chief Nursing and Midwifery Officer, Alison McMillan, uh, to respond. But it is important that people are aware of the uh, vaccination certification requirements in the state or territory where they work. And if people wish to be involved uh, in the COVID-19 uh, vaccination uh, rollout, uh, that they make sure that their certification is current uh, and appropriate for the settings where they're working. What should primary healthcare nurses be doing now to get ready for the rollout that we expect to start around March next year? Well, as we've described already, people need to make sure that uh, their vaccination certification is up to date 
and uh, meets the requirements of the state or territories in which uh, they're working. I think it's also really important that we keep up to date with the communications uh, coming out from the Australian government about the vaccines. Uh, you can find that information on health.gov.au. I'm sure that APNA will be sharing uh, that information with your members uh, as, as well as there are new updates coming through. So in closing, Professor Kidd, how do you feel about the impact that the primary care nursing role can have in this immunisation program and how important are we as a group to the success um, of an immunisation program uh, that's never, ever been done before? Well, firstly, I want to say a huge thank you to all APNA members for the work you've been doing throughout the pandemic. Uh, everybody has stepped up and has been delivering above and beyond expectations to make sure that the people of Australia are continuing to get access to the health care that people need uh, during a time of national emergency. The uh, rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine uh, is going to be unprecedented. The uh, level of, of mass immunisation that we expect is going to be at a scale that we haven't seen before. But your members are already used to uh, rolling out vaccinations to the entire uh, population through the work that they uh, have been doing not only during the pandemic, but uh, for many, many years uh, throughout their careers. So I think that uh, we'll be building on the skills that uh, people already have. We'll be building on uh, the relationships that people already have uh, with their patients and with their local communities. I think as well as being administ uh, the people who are administering uh, vaccine, um, the very important role that, uh, that nurses play in providing information and education to the community uh, will be a core role uh, throughout this vaccination process. Thanks so much, Professor Kidd. Thanks for inviting me on. For those wanting to know more, there's a long version of my discussion with Professor Michael Kidd available. Find a link to this in the show notes of this episode. Also in the show notes, find links to other resources and the link to the APNA immunisation page. This is where you'll find all that tricky information about authorised nurse immunisers, different courses in different states and territories. Who has the time to wade through every piece of healthcare news? Primary healthcare nurses certainly don't. Fear not. APNA's weekly Connect e-newsletter condenses key industry news into digestible content while serving up a feast of useful resources. Stay in the know and save time. Subscribe for free at www.apna.asn.au. Over the last few months, and with the help of APNA, Monash University's nursing students have been supported to complete their clinical placements that were well and truly disrupted by the COVID-19 pandemic. This has been a mammoth task and it's taken the collaboration of Monash, APNA, registered nurses, nurse practitioners and general practices throughout Victoria. Impacted by the COVID-19 restrictions at hospitals and aged care facilities, some settings were unable to offer their usual placements. So Monash Nursing and Midwifery and APNA came to the rescue, organising placement alternatives for 400 students. Clinical placements are an integral part of Monash University's Bachelor of Nursing course, with students needing to complete approximately 840 clinical hours during three years of their course in a variety of clinical and health settings. Thanks to this program, next generation nurses like Grace Mackay are getting the opportunity to hone their clinical skills while experiencing the diversity of primary health care. 
This is Grace's story. My name is Grace. I am a second year Bachelor of Nursing, Bachelor of Midwifery student at Monash University on the Peninsula. I um, have always wanted to be in the healthcare system. So from a very young age, my mum was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Um, Her prognosis was pretty rubbish, but the strong stoic woman that she is, she knew that, you know, she would give everything in her absolute will to survive for her two children, um, my brother and I. I pretty much grew up at the Alfred Hospital and I spent my first kind of six to eight years of my life there. I learned how to crawl, walk, talk, talk. And those nurses and the staff were the most integral part of my early childhood life. And what should have probably been the worst point in our lives was the most memorable and the best time in my life. Um, So I think that's where from, you know, such a young age, I had this desire and this passion to always give back and be like these people that you know took such good care of me and my mum in such a you know a shocking time. They were absolutely divine and I was a little three month old at the time and mum would have chemo every Friday and she'd take me in and the nurses would keep me at their little station and blow up their you know their gloves and do little faces and balloons for me. There's so much empathy in the care that was given always and it just made the whole experience you know we we could have gone in devastated every week it could have been just another trip to the hospital or you know when we find out that she's you know out of remission and you know the tumors have spread again and they're you know they're increasing and metastases and another procedure and things like that the list was continuing on for so many people that would be such a a time of losing hope and well how much longer can we continue on but you know it's really the people that you are around that can help bring you up and keep you strong and I think that's a a major part of why my mum's still here and she survived because we had such she had such great inner strength but we had such great supports around us that's where my passion started and I'm finally here on on, on the way now and um, I'm halfway through my degree and hopefully one day um, I would like to be a flight nurse midwife with the Royal Flying Doctor Service. Post mum being sick and she's been well for a long time, which is great. She kind of went into the primary healthcare scene, I guess you could say. She's a family and grief counsellor, but then also worked in aged care and palliative for a while as well. So I kind of then, you know, my next phase of childhood and into adolescence was in the community and primary health and what I've learned from this placement is just how vast primary healthcare is and how diverse um, it is and all of the resources that we have to offer, especially in Victoria and Australia, I think are so are so wide and we're so lucky. And I honestly don't think that the community know enough about what we have to offer. I decided to do the dual degree with midwifery as well. I knew that I wanted to do some sort of rural and remote community work, but then also the Royal Flying Doctor Service, which come together quite well and midwifery was going to be something that could be quite diverse. So that's where I am now. And then this opportunity, especially through COVID, um, to have a placement here came up. The placement office called me and said, look, we have this opportunity that's um, come up with APNA. They told me a little bit about you guys and I was like, sign me up. I'll take anywhere across Victoria. I don't care where I'm traveling. Um, considering I would like to do rural and remote. You can throw me out in Bansdale. I don't really mind. I would love to get involved. I'm so grateful for this placement because 
it is so different to anything that A, we really cover at uni and B, what happens in the hospital. Things like your chronic conditions and continuity of care with patients and immunizations, that is a massive part of primary health care that isn't focused too much just because it's, you know, one section, but it is such a, a big part of primary health care. And then coming onto this placement, you realize how significant all of these things are. And the nurses here have such an integral role of providing that care to these patients. Generally speaking, in hospital, we're treating the condition in the moment. Why are they in hospital and what are we treating that reason for? Whereas the patients that we're seeing here every day, we're treating the, their entire lifestyle. Primary healthcare focuses on not just the one condition, but for their whole quality of life. How are we going to improve their lifestyle? How are we going to send them back into the community without needing them to come back into hospital, or present back to the clinic? And I think that's so important. I mean, look at all the options in primary healthcare. There's, you know, you can work with kids in school nursing, you can go out in the community, you can work in aged care, you can be in a clinic. And I think it really works for so many people's lifestyles as well. It's wonderful. Atma is expanding the program in 2021 and is searching for nurse supervisors from across the country to host students. If you're interested, please email Sam Moses. Her address is in the show notes of this episode. Nursing Australia, the podcast for Australian nurses working together towards a healthier Australia. Well, with the turbulent year that was 2020, this team here at APNA wanted to give you a little laugh. So here's the APNA elves and they're sending you some festive cheer. On the 12th day of Christmas 2020, day to me. From everyone at APNA, we'd like to wish you a very happy and relaxing festive season. That brings us to the end of this episode and the last episode for 2020. From everyone here at APNA, we hope you can have some time off and relax during the festive season after such a big year. Nursing Australia will be back next year. Until then, Merry Christmas. I'm Suzanne Blackaby and I'll see you in 2021. Nursing Australia, the podcast for Australian nurses working together towards a healthier Australia. For more information, please visit us at www.apna.asn.au. Thanks for listening to Nursing Australia.